Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Starting out inside the 15, Thompson is going to launch it deep downfield, right in stride. Trey Palmer is gone. Touchdown, Nebraska. We just want our players to go out there and fight. Seventh play of the drive, they've all been on the ground, but Nebraska's defense ready that time. Big Ty Robinson at 315 pounds in there for the stop. Best thing we can do is just model what it means to be a Lion out there. Iowa one for four today on third down after a bottle. These guys are learning by fire, you know what I mean? Um, Looking for the end zone, wide open, caught, it's Palmer again, his second of the half. Then you're, then you're you know, cooking with gas. Padilla pressure, take it down, Caleb Tanner came off the edge and got him. Bushini, who had just a 29-yard punt last time. Oh, it's dropped, oh my goodness, it's recovered by Nebraska. Alante Brown jumped on it. I mean, it was gold. It was absolute gold. Thompson was looking that way. It's caught. It's not Palmer. This time, it's Marcus Washington. Obviously, I want to win. Now it's 24-17, but this is the Hawkeye season. Padilla. Clean pocket. Padilla. Intercepted. Ball game over. Picked up by Chris Kodormick. Good morning. Welcome in to Hurt Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We're live from H&H Chevrolet's stage at Hurt Out Sports Bar and Grill. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on all over the internet. We're the internet boys. Just we watch are. out. We are the internet. Uh, we are the internet. Yes, we invented it. Uh, we have Which means a, everything we say is right. I think that's accurate. Nothing ever wrong has happened on the internet. Nope. Not um, we have a great show for you here today. Obviously, it's a little weird show, right? Heading into Thanksgiving. A lot of people are already mentally checked out. Not us, though. We are locked in. Come on, let's go. Well, let's well go. maybe you. Some of us here are <laughs> locked in. 
we, you know, <laughs> we're going to have a little fun today. Um, we are going to talk to Mike Sodder to recap the high school state championships. Uh, obviously, Westside dominated last night. I, that's kind of how I thought it was going to go. No surprise. If I'm going to, I, I mean, I was thinking like 42 nothing. They got 56 nothing. You know, it kind of is what it is. But we'll recap the whole two-day uh, high school football state championships with Mike Sodder. Obviously, we'll have a, a big focus on the game last night where Westside completed their undefeated season, 13-0. and They gave up 46 points the entire season, the mm-hmm. entire year. Mm-hmm. Only 39 of those were defensive because they had the uh, defensive score against Miller. Miller South had a defensive score against them. They gave 39 offensive points up the entire year. That's why we talk about them being one of the best in state history. That's three points per game. <laughs> They gave up three points per game, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, not, they basically that's not too shabby. That's that's ridiculous. Scoring fifty six last night, they basically beat everybody last night. Now, yeah, they. I mean, basically, their average score on the year was basically fifty six to three. What was uh? What was Bell West in twenty nineteen? It was, was sixty some margin. It was okay. in it was in the sixties. Is what they gave up. I don't remember what their offensive margin was. But they they gave up pretty close, pretty similar to what yeah. Westside uh, was able to do this year. But a, but a, like a full three touchdowns, which over the course of the season, three touchdowns not that big mm-hmm. of a deal. But that's how ridiculous. Well, what's really ridiculous that too number is is the fact that Westside went three straight games without giving up a point. Yeah, I mean that, and I think that was their second three game shutout streak of the season, if I'm remembering correctly. Because I don't, and it, the one earlier in the year might have been longer. But they, I mean, they did not give up a, they did not give up any points in more games than they gave up points. Like that's, so their, their total, their season total was 643 to 46 in terms of point differential. That's pretty good. (laughs) Um, In case you're not aware. So they went after giving up seven points to Miller North, shout out. uh, They went three straight games where they shut their opponents out. Then Miller South scored. Uh, 14, although only seven of those on offense. They shut out Lincoln Northeast. Creighton Prep got six. and they, So, yeah, it was their second three-game shutout streak of the season. They shut out – hold on, I'm going to count here. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, two. seven. They shut out eight of their 13 opponents. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's so dumb. <laughs> so, and, you know, and, and part of me felt bad, too, because I was watching the intros for both teams and uh, Alcorn South's coming out, and I'm just like – you know, they got here, right? They got all the way to the championship game. Absolutely. And it's just super unfortunate that Class A had a team as strong as Westside that nobody could touch. Yeah, I mean, because it's unfortunate I for everybody else. I, well, I felt yeah. bad for Elkhorn South. And, like, you know, at, and that was, like, you know, follow-up from who I felt bad the week before and then who I felt bad the week yeah, before right. and who I felt bad for the week before just because Westside is so dominant mm-hmm. that it – Look, and, and you know, I, I, I said it, and, you know, I'll explain it here. When I say no one was surprised, Elkhorn South was a huge dog in that game. Oh, yeah. Huge. Like, if we put betting lines together, it would be plus 1,000. Like, they were At that least, much of a yeah. dog. And, you know, credit to Westside for being super complete. Yes. Like, that is one of the most complete high school football teams I have ever ever seen and not ever losing focus that's the impressive part to me they never had a hiccup good. well that, a lot of that is good coaching yeah and good well culture yeah and I'm glad you brought that up because this isn't like this is a talented west side team this isn't a team that has like a dozen division one guys on it. oh 
Oh, no. You've got like four or five. They're some of the best in the state. Yeah, but you're not talking about – I mean – They're not loaded. They're not like – some hey, of the, at the skill position, there are four guys yes. going D1. Like there are other – there are other teams that are in the neighborhood talent-wise, but you have a ton of guys that are incredible high school football players. They're incredible at this level. They may not project to the next level. And you have, you've got the coaching and the culture that's been established there. And, and honestly, I mean, we talk about this with college all the time, right? Where it's like, ah, oh, these guys are like 18 to 22-year-olds. Like sometimes you have wonky things happen and you don't really know. They didn't, I mean, they never blinked. They never lost focus. That, to me, is the most impressive thing. And that goes not only to the makeup of the kids, which is incredible, right? Like, that's a huge tribute to them, but also to the way the coaching and the culture has been established in that program. Their closest game of the season was against the number two team in the state. It was a road game. Again, it's road. You know, you're in town still. But it was a road game at Millard South, and they still won that game by 17 points. They only gave up one offensive touchdown in that game. And frankly, that one was kind of dubious. There were at least three incomplete passes that were called complete on that one. And it is what it is. Like, things happen. But that was a – this was a team that never even for a moment lost focus on their goal. And you saw that in the way they just just dispatched well, and, of everyone else. Just in else. their preparation, yeah. Um, from from start to finish, whether it was the lead up to the game, right before the game and warmups, or throughout the game, there was never a point to where you could sit back and say, "Westside, they're losing it right now." Like they're in their own head. Yeah. It, that that was never a thought. Mm-mm. And so, uh, you know. Be proud, all those state champions out there, be proud because across the board, yeah. uh, who, if you lifted a trophy this year, you probably uh, embodied similar characteristics Absolutely. to who we're talking about today, mm-hmm. which is the Class A state champion in Westside. Now, prayers up for Madden Riggs, yeah. um, Elkhorn South's quarterback that took kind of a, uh, a, a tough sandwich-like hit, yeah. and um, we hope he's okay. Um, but... You know, I, Elkhorn South did some good things uh, early on in that mm-hmm. game. I thought they were pretty impressive. The the uh, the turnover that they got in Westside territory yep. after going down fourteen, and that was kind of the point when w- Christian Jones's pick six was kind of the point where mm-hmm. you could feel the air getting sucked out of the stadium. But credit to what the Storm did in that next drive after uh, after punting you get the turnover from Rezac and then you're there and uh, and you're pressing just Westside's defense is a juggernaut that they are really yes. really good and it goes back to what you led off with and only allowing somewhere around 46 points. 36 46 points, 46 points on points the year all season 46 points all 39. year I mean, that is just a stupid number <laughs> it really that is. is stupid 39 of those were given up actually by the defense and then you had a defensive score against Millard South as well um it just and like I said incredible we'll, we'll talk with Sauter about this more uh at the top of the eight o'clock hour uh the other stuff we have planned for today so we'll of course talk to our guy brian edwards we got a bunch of football this weekend thanksgiving we plays from him thanksgiving and football are basically synonymous so we got to make sure we talk to our guy um and then we're gonna do a little bit of fun we're gonna we are gonna preview nebraska iowa obviously uh we're gonna do some nfl picks and uh like we have been the last few weeks but we're also gonna do some thanksgiving props some mm-hmm. thanksgiving game props and then the actual fun stuff 
We're going to. Hey, the other stuff is fun too. The other <laughs> stuff is super fun. We love it all. We love sports. It's the best. As long as we hit. Uh, as long, yeah. As long as we, as long as our parlays hit, right? Uh, th- then we're gonna do some some fun Thanksgiving stuff. First, we're gonna do best and worst Thanksgiving ever. Okay. Uh, second, we're gonna do a Thanksgiving food draft. We've compiled a list of acceptable uh, entrants so that we don't have anybody going off book. And being like, well, because because I would, I'd be like, well, I want prime rib and ribeye for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. It's right. like, well, yeah, that is better than turkey, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. <laughs> so we're, we have we have an approved list of items, uh, and then we are also going to do just you know get a little sentimental. What we're thankful for, both sports and non-sports related, in uh, the last hour. So that is the plan for the show today. One thing that I'm sure Nebraska fans are thankful for is the return of Ty Robinson, as he announced yesterday. How can you not be? That's a huge, huge, I I, I don't want to say get, but it's retention for Nebraska, right? Because no matter how much you like guys uh, that you're bringing in, no matter how much you like some of the guys that are already here that you're developing, he's been a really good piece this year. This is a guy that kind of always had some potential. He was fairly fairly highly hyped coming into Nebraska had trouble reaching that potential but has been able under this coaching staff to kind of reshape his body a little bit reshape the way he moves and in this defensive scheme with Tony White find a place where he can be consistently productive he's him and Nash honestly have been two of the biggest stories in that uh, D-tackle nose guard whatever you want to call it spot on that defensive front so him deciding to return, because I do think he's an NFL talent. You know, whether where that is, it's probably mid to late rounds in terms of draft position. But the guys that are his size and his athletic ability always get a shot because those guys are super valuable in the NFL. The fact that he's returning to Nebraska, and listen, I'm sure there's some NIL money involved and whatever to make it worth his while, but that's a huge gift for Coach Rule. Well, and he's been putting together a breakout season, mm-hmm. especially over the last few weeks. Even though losses came in the, uh, in the record column, there were some wins for Ty Robinson throughout those games. You just go back and, and look at Maryland, for example. You could call that his best game. I mean, he had seven tackles. He was all over the place. Five were uh, assisted. Two were solo. He had uh, two pass breakups. Like This is what Ty Robinson can be at his healthiest, mm-hmm. and we're starting to see that. You also heard Coach Knighton say last night on Sports Nightly that this is like getting a five-star defensive tackle out of the portal yeah it really this, is. it, it, it I mean, really is like getting somebody to say hey they're returning with with all of uh with all of the the hype and buildup of this year for ty and nash mm-hmm. retaining both of them to come back next year really does elevate the defense people will say well no it's already there no having them back again yeah. and to fill it fill in the blanks with whoever's behind you really elevates that defense. And you mentioned, like, he he looks like somebody that could play in the NFL someday. But he's making the right move by coming back because, yes, he he's having his breakout year, but it's really important to see if that can be repeated. Mm-hmm. And not only be repeated, 
but see if it can get better I than think what he'll it was get this better, year. Right? And if you sharpen yeah. up a few things, which is something I think he was alluding to yesterday in, in, in his short presser that he gave, but if you sharpen up a few things, man, can this guy be special. He's shifty. He's unique. He's mean. Mm-hmm. He knows how to put pressure on the quarterback. He's got great pursuit, good instincts. He, he's just – He's got the right mindset right now, and that's what you want to build on. He, he really – I talk about yeah. embodying the culture at Westside and, and what they embody mm-hmm. being a complete team. He embodies what Coach Rule mm-hmm. wants out of a player at Nebraska. Yeah, and he's – you know, when he's in one of those positions, it's a lot like offensive line where it's really hard. That's part of the reasons what, reason what Justin Evans Jenkins is doing is so impressive. It's really hard to come in as a young guy and – fill in those spots where you're going against guys that are 21, 22, 23, 24 years old as we get to the back end of these COVID years, right? You're dealing with guys that are basically grown men at this point. <laughs> and you have – it's really hard as an 18-year-old who hasn't had a full year in a uh, college weight program, a full year in a college nutrition program, a full year of learning schemes at even – it's really hard for those guys to compete. So to get a guy like Ty Robinson back, who has all that already, who I think will get better because of another year in the strength and the conditioning program, we saw how much he's changed in his ability to move from last year to this year. I imagine we're going to see continued improvement, maybe not as dramatic, but continued improvement from another year in that strength and conditioning program, continued improvement from another year in Tony White's scheme, we, we hope, knock on wood, um, despite what Coach Rule is trying to get him a job. Let's just hold off on that, Coach Rule. Let's chill. Well, and, you know, along with that, I, I was thinking more and more about Tony White last night just because you got to hear from him and, and how appreciative he was of Coach Rule kind of speaking um, – um, like wisdom into him for one, but also like not holding a grudge for somebody to take those phone calls. But he also acknowledged that, hey, you know, the players have gotten me here. Like yeah, the players yeah. are the people that, that really make me look good. And um, the more I sat there, the more I thought, oh, man, can you imagine trying to like turn the page and trying to replicate what uh, – like this defense could be because of where they've gone Mm -hmm. this year. But then I thought after hearing what Ty Robinson said in in returning, I'm like, well, if pieces are there, if the same pieces are there, it should be pretty easy to replicate. And honestly, it it might be – I mean, you're talking about a lot of young guys that have played here, especially on the defensive line, and you've got a lot of young guys that haven't played that they like on that defensive side of the ball as well. But, I mean, you're talking about – a second-year Prince Will. You're talking about a second-year Cam Lenhart. You're talking about Maverick Noonan coming off an injury and, and having you know a, a year under his belt. You're talking about Riley Van Poppel mm-hmm. in that spot as well. Those are four guys just and on you're the— You're talking about a young secondary. Yeah. Like, Hartzog is still very young. Yeah, he's, he's still—I mean, I think he'll be a junior next year. Um, I think, Omar Brown, is he coming back? I think Omar Brown's coming back. You lose Buford and Newsom, um, and I think Tommy Hill— I think I'd have to I'd have to look. I I, I told Avery this yesterday. I get <laughs> the COVID year has me so confused all the time. Tommy Hill's a junior. Okay, so Tommy Hill can come back. Uh, I get so confused on which guys are because 
there's guys that have been here for four years that are sophomores, like Chubba Purdy. Mm-hmm. And so, not here four years, but in college four years. And Buford so like, is also a junior. Is he? Okay, mm-hmm. I thought Buford was gone. Uh, so, I, is it just Newsom that's gone? I think gone? it's just Newsom. So, you're only losing – listen, Newsom's really good, but you're only losing one guy from the secondary. Uh, I think you do lose a couple linebackers. You'll, you'll lose Henrich and Reimer. Is that right? I think. Yes. So, um, you do see all the time though. I have to check. I know. Like, I look. I just look like, up their names. It's like, and I don't think about it until like it's talked about, and then I'm like, all right, I'll look it up in the moment. And then it's like this guy's been here for five years. No, he's got another year left. Okay. Um, it's it's very you know it's showing my age. There, Henrich is a junior. Jeez. Okay. So you got Henrich back another year. Reimer and Gifford, I think are not older than him, so I would think they're a junior. Reimer is a senior. Okay, so Reimer is gone. And then Gifford? Yeah, because he's playing – Reimer's playing this year as a graduate. Okay, okay, okay. So – and then Isaac Gifford. See, look, I'm – We're we're literally looking these up on the fly. This is real time. Yes. This is real time figuring this out. But what what we're low-key saying – Gifford's a junior. Okay. So, so you've got essentially what you're saying is 90% Newsom, of this defense will be back. Newsom and Reimer are the only ones that are senior seniors from that group. Um, so you're talking about nine of your 11 guys coming back, mm-hmm. plus the, ro- the rotational depth I just talked about on the defensive line. You've got some guys, I mean, you've got guys coming in in this year's class and guys from the 2023 class that haven't really played yet, like Ethan Nation is a guy that they really like, both in the defensive backfield and in special teams. You're going to be in a really good spot if you're Tony White if you decide to come back. And Well, and it all it does is build you up for next year if this defense stays on the course. And the other thing that you have to imagine is he's probably looking at it and being like, the offense won't be worse. We hope, right? But it's it, it'd be hard to get much worse. Ravi? Yes. Don't be making claims you I'm, don't know about. No, I'm, I'm going to make this claim. The offense will not be worse next year. The offense will be better next year. I don't know how much better, but I will make a bold proclamation. Well, it's not really a bold proclamation. It's like saying like <laughs> – I mean, they're already down on the floor. All you have to that's do is what get I, up to your knees. That's what I mean. It's like it's, it's clearing the world's lowest bar, right? Um but I do believe they'll be better next year. And if you're Tony White, that might make your defense look even better, right? You're not on the field quite as much. You don't get fatigued. You don't have those games where the last couple series you start to break a little bit. We like, got to respect that. There's a there's a world in which this actually looks better next year, even if you know you're in the room and you're like, ah, maybe we're not quite as dominant. Maybe we don't have, you know, may, maybe we're a little bit more vulnerable because Newsom's not back there or whatever. But because the offense is so much better, statistically, it'll be a better defense. Okay. I think that's I think that's on like, the table. And and you know what? You would hope. I think that's on the table. I really do. It means somebody's got to step up. I, yeah, it's not off the table. Yeah, but you just, I think that it, is the most. Right now, it's a hope. I think that's the most likely scenario: is that the defense will be slightly worse eyeball test, slightly better statistically. Now, I'm not saying they'll be better than third nationally, but overall, in terms of points. Yards per game, I think they might be slightly better, but it'll be because the offense is better and puts them in better positions. Uh, so the way I think about it is this. Uh, until I see what quarterbacks enter the room, I'm not going to make the claim that the offense is going to be better. Um, 
I think now, honestly, you're I not think going to be able to to really know that yeah. until you see those guys play because you know people thought oh the offense could be you know taking a step forward with Jeff Sims and that obviously wasn't the case. But you also have a lot of young talent on the outside. It's it, it's really going to be dependent on two things. It's going to be the quarterback mm-hmm. and it's going to be how much of a leap the young skill players yep. have made. Yep. And that will tell me everything I need to know if this offense will be better next year. Because I think the line is going to relatively stay the same. And I, think I they're don't think get they're better. going to dip. No, I think they'll get better because you've got guys that, younger guys that have gotten playing time this year that I think are going to continue to improve. But it's going to require competence at the quarterback position. It's going to require not con- consecutively turning the football over. And it's going to require um, you know, a little bit of buy-in from me uh, with the coaching staff of uh, – do, do, are you instilling belief in, in, in by getting two or three guys out of the porter, portal? One, are you going to develop you know young quarterbacks? Are you going to you know make an offer to somebody else? Like the direction they're going there will tell me everything I need to know moving forward. If it's going to be Chubba Purdy because he's looked like the best, mm-hmm. then I'm really going to need to see. Um, Let's just, we'll call it added juice in the offseason for me to say Chubba Purdy can lead this team further than they've gotten this season. I think if, I think Chubba Purdy can be mediocre, which would be a dramatic improvement in the quarterbacking room. I mean, we'll that's, see, again, that's we'll not see a high ball. Uh, that mediocrity can carry Nebraska past Iowa so that they can get that bowl game. Coming up next, we got more Herd Out Sports Radio.